How many of you know that we have a good, good father? And how many of you know that you are loved by him? Well, as you can imagine, it's great to know that. And these children that come to Camp Allendale don't know that. They have all kinds of strange and interesting ideas about who God is. And many times they're not good at all. And they don't know that he loves them. They don't know that they're loved by him. And just singing songs like that all week long speak into their hearts. So what is Camp Allendale? I know some of you might be here for the first time or you're a visitor tonight or today. What time of day is it? And we just want to tell you a little bit about what Camp Allendale is. We are a Christian camp. We're really not like any other Christian camp that you might know. Uh, Camp is about six miles north of town, and uh, this is our 36th summer. So we're about in the middle of that time. And our camp directors and our summer staff that are here are just doing a terrific job, and I congratulate all of them, uh, letting the Lord use them in coming and serving for this summer. So we work with abused children. These are kids that come to us from foster homes and group homes, both in Orange County and in Riverside County. And we don't charge the children or the foster parents or the county anything. They come for free so that we're free to share the gospel with them. We don't want any strings attached. So we are able to do that. And these are foster kids in the, in the social service system, but they're sending them to a Christian camp. <laughs> Amazing, huh? <clears throat> the things that God does. We work with really small groups. A typical camp is 24 kids, 22 to 24, and we have one counselor for every two children. So it's a small group, um, lots of counselors to give them lots of one-on-one time. And the whole group together with the counselors and the junior counselors and the staff is about a group of 50. So it's very small so that these kids don't feel threatened, that they can feel safe, that they can get to know everybody. And that way they can let down all those walls and barriers that they would normally have. So it's essential. And um, we fill the day the whole week with activities. There's no such thing as free time at Camp Allendale. We keep them busy, busy, busy. And that's what they need. But everything that we do is focused on and centered on Christ. It's full of God's love that we're pouring into them all week long and full of God's word, which we are also pouring into them all day long. We have great mature counselors that are screened and prepared and trained, and they come to serve these kids and to love on them. And many times it's incredibly challenging. You can imagine what some of these kids might pass out to these counselors. But uh, they... They endure it, and they see God's miracles when they do. And another thing that's incredible is we have over 60 churches praying for these children. They receive a little card with just their first name on it the week before they come to camp and the whole week that they're at camp. And those churches are passing those out just like they do here, and people pray for those kids for two weeks. That's you know hundreds of people praying for these children. And it's essential because child abuse, as you may imagine, is one of the enemy's biggest forces of evil that he uses to capture people and children especially and to hang on to them their whole life. And so we have to break those chains, and it takes lots of prayer. And so we have over 60 churches doing that. So and everything we do is centered on Christ, and that is what we want to pass on to these kids is how much uh, our Father 
is a good, good father and how much he loves them. We are so blessed to tell you that the weak become strong in the fathers and the saviors loved. These children, um, we can't even really tell you their stories. The stories get worse every year. And, uh, you know, trafficking, which is the big thing right now, as well as just parents who do the unthinkable things and putting their kids in cages and closets and starving them and all kinds of horrendous things. So um, we are excited to say that the love of the Father is able to reach the most unreachable. The county sends us the children who have the most desperate needs. They are totally out of it, walls and and unable to respond to the world. They don't want to. Uh, Why can I trust anything or anybody? So it's it's amazing to be able to tell you the most devastated children, any of us who feel devastated, the Lord is able to reach with his love. And we watch it every week. It's like a amazing. You, you got to really look hard because he's so stealthy and and gentle and and he just kind of all of a sudden just his. You can see he's getting closer and the kids are like, mm-hmm. and, but then he gets in there and then it's like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, this is fun. I want this. Um, so. It's, it's a blessing to see um, that God is able, and we get to pass that on to you, that he does reach anybody. <laughs> I get to share all the facts, and she gets to share all the emotions. See, so <clears throat> It all works somehow. <clears throat> I know many of you have known that we've been involved in a building project for a long time, and so I just want to give you a brief update as to where that's at. You know, we've put together some plans that have been approved by the county. We have a public use permit that's been approved. We have, we've even drawn building permits and are in that process. Uh, we have a, um, a general contractor that's just waiting for us to tell them that we're ready to start. So we are in the middle of a fundraising campaign and sharing this with many, many individual people that have been helping us all these years and some people with the means to be able to help us get it started and get going. And so we're really blessed by that. God's given us some great consultants that have been helping us and directing us. And that's been a huge praise too. So we're seeing God bring the people. We're seeing him bring in the financial means that we have to be able to start our project. Very soon, we hope to be setting a date for a groundbreaking and being able to share that with you. Um, So yeah, (laughs) it's exciting. So... So in the meantime, please keep praying for us on this. Uh, It is the only future that camp has. In other words, if we don't do this building project, we really can't do camp here in Idlewild uh, in the facility that we're in. So it's pretty critical. And uh, so we just ask that you continue to pray for wisdom and discernment and for God's blessing and his provision. That's what we need. Well, um also want to let you know, uh, besides the building project, besides an incredible summer that's going on, that Robin and I have passed the baton. The mantle has been taken off of us and put on our new couples, Matt and Tara and Jeremy and Amy. Um, I miss camp a lot being <laughs> there, but God has so many other things for us to do. 
besides the building project and being able to, to look to the future and securing the future through, you know, eventually having a, an endowment fund. And there's manuals and all kinds of uh, getting accreditation that we're having to work on. And these guys have totally freed us. They're totally doing everything at camp for the program, developing it, recruiting counselors, training them, junior counselors, training them, everything, even our events, our main events. They have taken all of that over excitedly and blessed us so much. Um, tell you a little bit of where I've seen it just impact me a lot in how capable and how much they have gained our confidence that they can do it all now is um, last, the end of last summer, there was a camp where we had several Satanists, sorcerer. Uh, these are the kind of kids come to camp. <laughs> and uh, in a uh, bisexual, you know, gay, you, you mentioned it, confused, not knowing who they are um, and, and their gender. And the amazing uh, last camp was like when the kids got off the bus, we knew something this, this, God doesn't usually send that many that are in desperate need and with such darkness and walls. And these kids got off the bus and we could all see it. I saw it, and, but I wasn't sure that Matt and Tara saw it. So as Matt dismissed all the kids to go get settled in the backyard. I ran after them. I'm still in the training process, supposedly. I think he trained me that week. Um, but I said, Matt... Uh, mm, what do you think about the kids? You know, how's this going to be? Uh, it seems like a, mm. he said, yeah. And you know the way Matt throws his head back and laughs. I just love it. And he just, ah, yeah, that, oh, they're going to be pretty tough. And I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. And, and uh, what's the, any strategy needed or whatever? And, and, and he just goes, again, throws his head back and laughs at this situation. <laughs> and he, he says, no, he doesn't laugh like me. I take it back. Ho, 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 excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 he said, oh, "God's take, got this all under control. They're all going to get saved." And I went, "Oh yeah, that's right. You, you got it. That's right." And that was the most incredible camp to watch. Their endurance. Nothing really happened till the end of the week. And their incredible endurance in love, and in being there, steady, and getting the kids where they needed to go when none of them wanted to. When they wanted, they were just crazy. It was amazing to watch them in action. This last summer, I got to see Jeremy and Amy a couple weeks ago with the challenge of some kids that were just beyond hurting, uh, worse than I've ever seen. I was at the campfire listening to their testimonies. One of our junior counselors got up and shared her horrendous story that she had never shared in the six years she's been coming to camp. I'd never heard this story, but she shared it for the kids of, of the being trafficked by her own parents and locked up and starved and all those things. And after she shared, all these other kids came up and shared who had gone through the same thing that she had, four more. And to see the love pour out of Jeremy and Amy, crying with these children, saying just the words of comfort in Scripture and loving on them and praying for them, I went, it's done. (laughs) The mantle has definitely been passed because I couldn't handle that night. People have always asked, you know, Robin, why do you let Karen be a part of the camp? You know she's too sensitive. Well, I finally, the mantle has been taken off, and it was horrendous for me. I couldn't handle it. Um, but they did because they are the camp directors now. And we just wanted to let you know, we, the baton has been pla- passed, and we are more um, confident with every camp and really blessed by them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
that's just a little picture into what we do at camp. Um, that last scene is on Thursday nights uh, after the pine cone ceremony. We have a couple camp traditions, and we have a lot of camp rules. And one of the rules that we have is that any kid that comes to camp is forever a part of the Camp Allendale family. And that last song is called the Family Song. Um, of course, the greatest thing that we get to do at camp is invite them to be a part of God's family, um, and, and many kids do. Um, they go home. There was a kid this last week. His name uh, was Nathaniel, and and uh, he shared his testimony one night and just talked about how he didn't have a family. And a lot of these kids come up to camp and they share that, and and uh, we love to uh, remind them again and again that they're a part of our family, the Camp Allendale family and that uh, through Jesus they can be a part of God's family. So, uh, My name is Jeremy. This is my wife, Amy. We're the assistant camp directors at camp, and uh, we just wanted to share a couple stories with you. But first, I want to, before I forget, thank Gallagher Goodland for making that video. He's been working super hard. He's on our summer staff, and he's been doing all the regular jobs and some extra jobs <laughs> to make videos for us. So um, if you're interested, you want to see more, there's more on our YouTube channel. Um, yeah, this summer has been really uh, neat. This is our third summer as camp directors, and uh, we've just been so blessed to uh, be with the campers again this year and to see old campers come back and just be rejuvenated by um, being at camp and being reminded of their salvation in Christ and then to meet the new campers that are just so excited, um, sometimes not right away, but <laughs> as the week progresses, um, so excited just to hear of God's love for them and that they could have a family, that they could call God's family their own. Um, so it's pretty neat. Uh, this last couple weeks ago, we had our first elementary camp, which is fourth through sixth grade. And uh, we had some pretty cute campers that week, but they were um, very emotionally charged, just a super emotional, which is really abnormal for fourth through sixth graders. They're like usually really matter of fact and just into catching lizards. But this group had a lot on their mind and on their hearts. And um, there was one little boy, uh, he was really little looking, but he was actually 12. And uh, his name was Will, and he came off the bus and he just had these like, cute chubby cheeks and he's like really short and has this blonde shaggy hair and um he was so so cute but you talk to him and you're like you're much older than you look <laughs> um but he he was not very into always being with everyone and he kind of wanted to run off and be on his own and a lot of times during amphitheater time he would be like off on the rocks like laying in the dirt and his counselor would be over there trying to convince him to come back and he'd be like will you got to come back and his catchphrase was, uh, for almost everything, was, I'm just not that kind of guy. I'm just not that type of guy. <laughs> and we're like, what type of guy are you? But he just, he really was not super into being with people. He would much rather play with the lizards and be in the dirt. And I don't think he showered all week long. He was, like, filthy from head to toe, and he would lay in the dirt and throw dirt on himself. You'd be talking to him, and he'd be, like, dumping dirt on himself. <laughs> One time I was talking to him in the in the <coughs> evening, and trying to get him to go be a part of his team. We're like, you got to go be ba- be a part of your team, be a part of your team. He's like, I don't want to, I don't want to. I'm not that kind of guy. And then he and he says, I, he's holding on to his lizard. I said, you got to put the lizard back. You got to go be a part of your team. And he says, I just really like lizards more than people. <laughs> I was like, well, I understand. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> but um, later that night, you know, he ended up, later in the week, he ended up giving his testimony 
And uh, you could just see how confused he was. And I don't remember much about what he shared, but I just remember him saying over and over again, you know, my first mom and dad, and then I was adopted, and now my second mom and dad, and he was just, and then my first mom and dad, and now my second mom and dad. He would go back and forth and back and forth, and he was just seemed so confused. He was trying to figure out what had happened in his life. You know, he couldn't even really make sense of it. He didn't know who all these people were, how it all fit together, and he just talked and talked, but he kept saying that over and over again, my first mom and dad, my second mom and dad, and just heartbreaking to see how confused he was about where he fit where did he belong, you know? And uh, later that night, after his one-on-one with his counselor, Tyler, he came up to Jeremy and I and said, um, you know that stuff about Jesus being like a part of God, you know? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I believed in that tonight. And I was like, wow, that's so cool, Will. And we're all excited. So then we're walking back to the house and we're talking. And he says, yeah, but you know that stuff about, you know, Jesus dying on the cross and then coming back to life? I don't know about that. And I was like, that's kind of the whole thing. <laughs> so maybe you need to think about that some more. And so then he's, he's like, well, how do you know it's true? And he's asking me all these questions. And then all of a sudden I hear myself talking about the Immaculate Conception and prophecy to this 12-year-old. And I'm like, this is not making any sense. <laughs> but you were just trying to explain it to them and trying to give them something to hang on to. And um the next day during amphitheater, we're asking the, the campers some questions. And we asked him something about Jesus. And he raised his hand. And I was like, yeah, well. And he's like, yeah. And you know, Jesus, he died. And then three days later, he rose from the dead. His whole body, the whole thing, it all, it all came back. It's not in the grave anymore. And, and he went on and on. And he said something about Mary being his mother. And then he said at the end, and it's all true. Like he had just really solidified that in his heart. And uh, it's so neat to see how we're so, we fumble over our words a lot of times when we talk to the campers, but um, God makes it clear for them in their hearts. And um, he just, he doesn't give up on them. He loves them so much. And uh, he just does things for them that are miraculous in order to prove his um, His love to them. Um, that same week, I had another camper uh, who was very, very emotional. And he just, his name was Zach. And everything um, it was either super high or super low. And um, he shared in his testimony just some horrible things and uh, just abuse from his parents who were drug addicts and then who also um, just, you know, would sell them out to friends and then uh, would bring random people into their home and um, allow them to abuse them. And he watched his sister be raped and just the, you can't even imagine hearing an 11 year old um, tell you that they've witnessed such horrific things um, but later in the week, uh, we were sitting down and talking, and he was crying because his feelings had gotten hurt. And someone had said something rude to him and really hurt his feelings. And so we were, I was asking him, you know, I really think you should um, forgive this person. I think it'll, you know, help you feel better, make you feel more free. And, and he's you know, like, I don't think I can. I don't think I can forgive them. And so I said, well, let's pray. Let's ask God what he thinks we should do. And so we started praying, and I was asking the Lord, you know, to show him what it was that he wanted him to do. Should he forgive him? And and um, if he should, then to give him the courage and the energy, to, the ability to do that. And uh, he stopped me while I was praying, and he said, uh, I need to go get my Bible. I said, okay. So he comes back, and he's like, do you know where Matthew is? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, could you find it for me? I'm like, okay. So I open it up. He's like, Matthew 6. So I opened it up, and he's like, I, I really think we need to read Matthew 6.14. And I said, okay. 
So he reads it for me, and it says, um, for, forgive others as your Father in heaven has forgiven you. And his eyes just got as big as saucers. They were like, he was like, I didn't even ever read that before. I didn't know that was there. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I like didn't even know what to say. I was just in shock. And he was just crying and hugging me and telling me, I know what I have to do. I have to forgive them the way that God forgave me. And so it's just so neat to see how God pursues these children and just does miraculous things for them in order to lead them to himself and to find his love. Um, as their heavenly father. Our uh, theme, if you haven't realized yet, is build your life on the rock. And it's from Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 24 through 27. I just wanted to read it for us. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And uh, many of these kids, as you've already heard, have been through so many storms in life. And uh, our encouragement for them throughout the whole week is, is uh, who are you most like, the wise man who built his house on the rock or the foolish man um, who built his house on the sand? And uh, this last week especially, um, we had a couple kids who uh, had like half foundations. One of the kids uh, during the week, I started talking to him, and, and he said, I'm a half Christian. And I said, okay, well, what does is, what is a half Christian mean? He's like, well, like sometime I do what God wants, and then half the time I do uh, what I want. And, uh, and so I told him, you know, God doesn't want half Christians. Uh, he, wants, he wants whole Christians. And he said, yeah, I know, but I'm just trying to keep up with like the kids my age and and, uh, and I need to do some certain stuff before I'm ready to, to be a full Christian. And I said, well, what, what kind of things do you want to do before you become a full Christian? And he said, well, I really want to do this like crazy bike jump where like I do a backflip around the bike as the bike is doing a backflip. And, uh, and he's telling me this story, and, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't really know that God would call that sin. And he said, well, it requires a lot of cussing. And... Uh, <laughs> And I said, okay, well, maybe maybe the language side of things uh, is something. And my encouragement for him was uh, from uh, Colossians, where Paul talks about how we're supposed to to fix our mind on heavenly things. Um, this kid was really worried that he was going to miss out on the th- doing the things of this world if he wasn't if he was a follower of Christ tonight. And so we tried to tell him, if you fix your eyes on the heavenly things, on the things not of this earth. Um, that Christ will renew your heart, renew your mind. And, uh, and then after that, in the um, next part of the passage, it talks about putting to death um, the sin in your life. And so first, a lot, of, a lot of these kids think that they have to be good kids to be a Christian. And, uh, and we try and tell them, it's not about us being good. Um, if you fix your eyes on Jesus, he'll, he'll renew you and make you good. And um, so, yeah, that was, that was a, fun, a fun story. Uh, he left camp. Um, I think maybe maybe he's like a 66% Christian or 75% Christian. Um, so pray for him. We have a lot of campers like that who come to camp, and um, they don't want to miss out. Um, another kid, um, his name was Matthew. Um, he was just a super sweet kid. And the whole week he would, uh, he'd come up and he'd say, thank you for letting me come to camp. Um, and, uh, and I said, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Um, but he, towards the end of the week, Thursday, Friday, he, he came up to me many times and he, and he would hold me and he'd say, Jeremy, thanks, thanks for giving me a hundred percent Jesus. 
And, uh, and I just love that. And, and we get to give them 100% Jesus at camp. Um, and he left camp with a, with a big smile on his face. He was so thankful and um, tears flowing down his face as he got on the bus. Um, and so pray for these kids as they um, continue to endure the storm. So um, thank you uh, to you guys, to IBC, um, for supporting us, for loving us, for praying for us. Um, for coming to our work days, and uh, we just really appreciate you guys, and are so thankful of your care for us and our family, and for uh, for Camp Allendale. So, with that, Matt and Tara are going to come share with you guys. Hi, I'm Tara, and this is Matt. We're the directors at camp. Um, this is our fourth year directing at camp, and it's been. Um, it's been a really, uh, I don't know, hard transition (laughs) moving up here to the mountains and having our kids and trying to figure out camp, but I am so blessed, um, to be a part of another summer and our children are a little bit older now and, um, they are just in love with camp all year long. They're talking about camp and there's these little things that we do, like we have the cookie wrap and, the JCs pass out cookies and the summer stuff get all crazy and they, you know, sing this song like, I love cookies. Yeah, I love cookies every day. So anyway, my kids have never actually seen them perform, perform this, but they hear um, all the summer stuff practicing all the time. So like all year long, if I'm like, hey, Aiden, do you want a cookie? I love cookies. Yo. And like Piper joins in cookies. <laughs> and then like, but it's like with anything. Would you guys like some yogurt? I love yogurt. Yo. <laughs> you want to put your shoes on? I love shoes. Okay. But it goes on like that all year long. <laughs> they love camp. And so we are so blessed to have so many people to be a part of their lives and to watch the summer staff love them so much. And um, it's a really neat thing. So camp has been um, a really neat blessing. And this year, um, our campers are... Um, there's a lot of walls. They've just built so many walls up, and it's been really hard to, um, we're not really seeing, God is doing an amazing work in their hearts, and we know that God is working in their hearts, but it hasn't been like this outpouring where you're really seeing them participate in um, hand motions and all the silly things that we do, like how you witnessed us up front here this morning. Um, but God is doing this in, internal thing in them, and it's been really um, cool to see. Uh, I'm still processing this summer. It's really hard for me to, like, come up with stories that happen. So I'm going to tell you a story that um, from last summer. And Karen actually uh, brought it up when she was sharing. And it was our last camp. And um, I had never experienced camp uh, quite like this, even the times coming up and volunteering. Um like Karen said, when they came off the bus, it was just, man, it, they were just so oppressed. And um, you can just feel it when they came off. And this girl, uh, one of the campers, Jennifer, she's been coming to camp since, like, forever. And so she brought her um, foster brothers with her to this camp. And she was really excited to have them come up. They all live, there was like quite a few of them actually that lived in a group home together. And so they call them each other brothers and sisters. They're really close. And so she brings her brothers and uh, she runs up to me and she says, Tara, I I brought my brothers and my brother Anthony. They're they're really into witchcraft. They say they're uh, Satan worshipers. And um, Tony 
sees another camper and he doesn't like him. He wants to beat him up and I'm really concerned. And she's kind of like the mother of them. She mothers, she mothered them like all week long. Um, but I was like, okay, well, introduce me to your, um, to your brother. And so she did. And he's like this huge Hispanic guy. <laughs> he, no, probably not that tall, but he was really like that. And I'm looking up to him and he's pretty big, but he has like this really chubby baby face. So it was really hard for me to see him as this like guy who's going to go over there and kick somebody's butt, but he was. He was stone cold, and his eyes were too. There was no joy. There was just darkness in his face. And I went to introduce myself, and usually I'm like, hi, hey, welcome to camp. And so I went to, and I was like, hey, what's up? (laughs) I'm Tara, nice to meet you. There was no, like, letting me in at all. Later that week, though, he came up to me and gave me a big hug, and we bonded actually that week um, pretty well. But um, so, gosh, it just was, it was just a really dark camp. And like Karen said, we had a lot of them, I believe in Satan, I believe in Satan, I don't want anything to do with God. And then you have the girls who um, are ditching school and going to parks and being, you know, hanging out with one guy friend that they like and then getting passed around to other guys. And we have a girl who had been coming up to camp and she, um, right before coming to camp again, um, she had just sent a picture of herself um, to some of her friends and um, just feeling so wounded and so embarrassed that she had done that and her pictures were being passed around and she was being made fun of and um, just these girls and these kids come to camp and they're so broken and you know Satan gets, he grabs a hold of their life from the time that they're a child And he does everything in his power to defeat them, to tell them that they're worthless, to tell them that they have no value. They're being tossed from home to home. They have people just discarding them like they're trash. And so how else are they supposed to act? You know, Anthony was in and out of juvie. He had shot some guy and... Uh, no, I'm sorry. He was shot, and he had put somebody in a hospital, and he grand theft auto and all that kind of stuff. And he was feeling really, really bad at camp. How can God love me? How can he forgive me? Tara, you don't know the things that I've done. You don't know what I've experienced. How can this God love me? Um, but God does love them. You know, we have so many kids in the foster care system, and you know, their families are throwing them away. And we look at them like, oh, my gosh, we these kids, like, oh, they're just troublemakers. I don't want anything to do with them. And they're being discarded once again. But they come up to camp and they get to experience Jesus and that he loves them so incredibly much. And, you know, I'm sure many of you, just as I say, from, I can look back in my life and see how Satan tried to defeat me. But God, he will not let us be defeated because he loves us so much and he wants to be victorious in our lives and he wants us to know how much he is our father and how much he cares for us and the the life that he has for us. I looked at Anthony. I was like, Anthony, his little face. And I was like, Anthony, this is not you. This is not your life. This is not what God meant for you. He has so much more for you. And anyhow, so um, by... Wednesday, we just weren't really seeing any kind of real breakthroughs. And um, 
I, that evening, I went into the office because I just feel, it was that week I was just feeling really defeated. And I started um, crying. I was getting angry because I just knew how tight of a grip Satan had on these kids' lives. And I started praying and I started sending out texts like, pray for these campers, pray for these campers. And I didn't know, but other summer staff and Matt, he was, they were doing the same thing. And we have our junior counselors and we see them like in circles here and there around camp. They're praying for the campers. And um, by, uh, was it Wednesday, Wednesday night, we hear, um, we hear um, Tony. He's kind of like the ringleader of everybody so it's like once they break then everybody else kind of follows and he was sitting in um he was sitting in his tent it was at nighttime they're supposed to be sleeping and they're talking amongst themselves and you know he's saying you know i think i think i need to give this god guy a try and his brother justin this little blonde little guy kind of rough around the edges he's saying what no way. We are not going to give this. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to let, we're not going to give God a try. And he said, we're, we love Satan and Satan. He like God just, he made hell for this guy, Satan, who just disagreed with him. Why would we serve a God who just like, just like makes hell for somebody who he doesn't, doesn't agree with them. And everybody has to go to hell if they don't agree. We're not going to serve this guy. And Tony's like, but Tara, like, um, but Justin, I've done so many bad things and my life is getting worse. And my time is in juvie is getting more. And I think I'm going to give him a try. And, um, it was really cool to see because that, that, Next night at um, testimony time, um, they came up and he shared his testimony and he was just crying and sobbing and sharing all these things that had he had done and what had been done to him and his brothers and sisters come up to him and there and like we're watching like all like all the campers like they're like all coming up and they're hugging each other and they're crying and they want to give their hearts to Jesus and we had this girl that Karen mentioned. Um, who says that she's a sorcerer, and she um, she came up to share her testimony, and she's just like, you know, I looked in the back of the book, and it says that all homosexuals and all sorcerers are going to go to hell, and I don't want anything to do with Jesus. And that's how she ended her testimony, and she gets up and she walks away, and I was like, no, wait a minute, <laughs> like we can't leave you like that. And but God just kind of pressed on my heart, like I'm not done with her yet, and. Um, I, when I had the opportunity, I went over to her in the amphitheater while all this other stuff was going on, all the camp, they're crying and they're sobbing. And I kind of snuck away and I, she's like sitting on the bench and she's just trembling and crying. And I just held her hands and I looked at her and I said, God is not done with you yet. And I just started praying for her and God gave me, um, words to speak over her life that night. And then she went off with her counselor and had a really great conversation with her and um, she had given her life to the Lord that night as well. So it was just like this, like all over the place. Yeah, God is just so good. It was coming from all over the place and Matt and I were just like from not seeing and just like the oppression so heavy and then just fighting and fighting and fighting because man, there is a battle out there 
And when you're there with these campers, you're experiencing it and you're feeling it and you're just like with God in it and the angels, you're just like, no way. Like Satan is not going to have these kids. These kids belong to God. And, you know, that happened that night. Uh, we had a guy who um, was sex trafficked and in his test, he's sharing step by step what happened to him and his um, and the experience that he had. And uh, him and his sister got taken and he actually doesn't know where his sister is even today um but he gave his life to the lord that night as well and when it came to you guys saw the the family song and before that we have a pine cone ceremony where they take their sins you know pine cones are so prickly and they hurt when you touch but they're holding on and um the 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 pokes they represent hurt and pain and they're able to throw it into the fire pit and it catches on fire and um so they did that, and it was during that time, like, just, they just erupted in songs. They were just singing, and it was, like, all night long. It went through, like, 11 o'clock at night, and they were just singing every song that they had learned from the top of their lungs, and it was a beautiful thing to witness. But God is so good, and he cares for his campers. You know, the, there's a... The second part to that story, um, the counselor, uh, the, the kids that Tara's talking about, their, their counselor's name was Wayne. And uh, Wayne came up to camp last week. Um, Wayne had become a, a CASA. That's a court-appointed special advocate. And so he, uh, he's a, you know, he has a couple foster kids that he advocates for in the courts and different things like that in Orange County. And uh, he was going to kids court uh, with one of his kids. Um, and uh, as he's walking in, uh, Justin is walking out, and Justin, you know, runs up to Wayne, gives him a high five, and then, ah, oh, how you guys doing? And blah blah blah, you know. And and Justin moves on, and after talking to him for a couple for a couple minutes, and uh, Justin's social worker is uh, walks up to Wayne, and is like, hey, how do you know this kid? He's like, oh, I was his counselor at Camp Allendale. And this is two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. So I was his counselor at Camp Allendale last year, and he goes, oh man, I don't know what you guys did to that kid, but that kid came back completely changed, uh, radically changed. Um, so we, he's coming back to camp in a couple of weeks. The whole group's coming back to camp in a couple of weeks. Um, so we get to see what the Lord's been doing in their lives. But, you know, it's, it's always good to hear the report ahead of time that, uh, that Christ is changing their lives. Um, you guys can imagine how much prayer we need. Um, you know, one of the things that Lord's really been impressing on Tara and our, our hearts this year is just about the wounds that the kids have received. And, you know, one of our talks is on wounds. Um, and we remind the kids that, you know, they're in, they're in good company. We, we talked to them about Jacob, how Jacob wrestled with the Lord all night. And, uh, and he demanded, he, you know, that God would bless him. And God blessed him and touched his hip and dislocated his hip and made him limp for the rest of his life, gave him a crutch uh, to remind him that he had to lean on God, that Jacob wasn't going to be a conniver anymore. He wasn't going to be that heel catcher. But his name would be changed to Israel, governed by God. And we talked to them about Paul and about how Paul was, uh, you know, so zealous for God um, and that he met Christ on the road and and, and he was given a, a messenger of Satan, the Bible says, to buffet him. Um, and he prayed three times that that messenger would be taken away and God said no. And that's that's what these wounds a lot of times that these kids have received can be. Um Terrible, terrible tragedies, horrible things. You know, the things that you hear about, the worst child abuse 
that you hear about, you read about in the newspaper. Some those are the kids that are at camp, and we get to, we have to. I know we get to. We have to listen to their stories. We always say, if they can live it, we can listen to it. Um, we listen to their stories, and as they pour out, God, God fills them back up with Himself. Um, and I guess my, I guess I'm asking you guys just to pray, pray that those wounds that they've received, that those wounds are the crutches that make them lean on Jesus. That those wounds, that they're never going to fully heal. They're never going to fully go away. They're going to come up time and time. Every You know that how that is. Those terrible things that have happened, they come up and you have to give them back to the Lord. But pray that those things are the things that drive them to Jesus, not those things that drive wedges between them and, and Christ. So, Thank you for uh, letting us share this morning and thank you for all your love and support and prayer and and everything. So if the if the band wants to come on up, uh, we're going to play one last song and uh, as we close. And, and uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for your son, Jesus. Uh, Jesus, thank you for coming and becoming a man, coming to earth, suffering, dying on the cross for our sins, and rising from the dead. Thank you for taking on that body of flesh that you are stuck in for eternity. And Lord, we lift up all the campers at Camp Allendale to you. We ask that you protect them, that you watch over them, that you bless them. For the campers that are preparing to come up this Monday, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be preparing their hearts uh, to hear uh, your truth and receive your love. And for the campers that just went home, Lord, I pray that those things that they learned would sink in and that they would remember your love and your grace. Lord, bless everyone here and uh, bless the rest of our morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.